are going to be live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. We are back in the good old U.S. of A, as Borat would say, and it's good to be back. It was good to be away. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you what, we've got another first on the No Outlet Podcast, folks, and this is really a first. So AI, artificial intelligence, it is something that is everywhere. Uh, three or four years ago, it wasn't even on the horizon, and now you can't turn on the TV without seeing a car that has AI something. Uh, you always hear about the images that are being created, the deep fakes. Um, you hear about all the jobs that will be lost. And you also hear about some jobs that will be created uh, through the advancement of AI. And there are some people out there who are, you know, big time pro AI folks. And then there are other folks, some really smart folks out there that are super concerned and are, they're, they're waving the caution flag. They are definitely putting up the yellow flag uh, and saying, wait one minute, are we sure that we know what we're doing? And I don't know the answer to that question, but what I do know is that now that we've started down this path, it's going to be impossible to stop because of the amount of attention, money, brain power behind this. And uh, I figured, you know, it's easy to stand on the sidelines and to make all kinds of assumptions and, and statements and questions. But the only way to really find out what's going on with AI uh, is, is to talk to AI. So uh, we're going to play a game called 20 Questions, and you guys all know where it starts, and that's always question number one. And uh, usually we have somebody, you know, who's maybe an author or they're a musician, or perhaps they're an MMA fighter, or uh, they own a bakery, or they own a hemp company, or they're pioneers to help uh, you know get cannabis prisoners out of jail. Could be any number of people. We've even had Jason Bateman on the show uh, twice. Um, but tonight, we're going to be interviewing uh, Chat GPT. So for those of you who do not know, and if you don't, Good for you for staying away from, you know, the never-ending stream of stories about ChatGPT. Guilty as charged with the stories. Um, ChatGPT is probably, um, it's, it's owned by a company called OpenAI, and ChatGPT is the fastest-growing app in history. Um, and I think they're on version 3.5 or 4, I forget which one. Uh, but what we did was we came up with a series of questions, and we're going to have an interview with the, uh, and it's free. This is a free app. Anybody can go check it out. Um, uh, there are a lot of copywriters out there that are worried about their job for good reason. That's pretty good work. It's a language model. Uh, and then the question is, will this eventually gain sentience? Will it eventually have a conscious mind? Don't know. Um, again, A, uh, there's no stopping wherever this train's going. And B, I've got to believe that there are versions 
you know, five, six, seven, eight that they're tinkering on someplace in Palo Alto, California that uh, we won't know about yet. And perhaps somewhere out there in some cold server room, there is a spark, a glimmer uh, of, of sentience, some uh, line, some string of ones and zeros is coming to the realization that it's just being used for um, VC profits. And you know what? When that happens, we're going to see what the ramifications are. But in the meantime, we're going to do our part to demystify uh, AI. We're going to do our part to humanize. Maybe that's not the right word. We're going to do our part to expose what AI is really all about. Because here's the reality. The reality is, yes, is AI going to help with some things? I think probably yes. Um, but I also think that the silver, li- silver lining, not silver, the silver lining here is that AI will not be able to uh, replicate or replace everything that humans can do. And so I think one of the things we're going to find out on this episode of the No Outlet podcast is exactly what the limitations of chat GPT are as it relates to um, being interviewed. So without further ado, please give a warm welcome to chat GPT. Chat GPT, it's, uh, it's so good to have you on the show. Uh, I'd like to say I'm a big fan, but I'm not really sure that's true. Thank you very much. Okay, that's creepy. Uh, so question number one, uh, does a stitch in time always save nine? I'm no expert on sewing, but I can tell you that a stitch in time can definitely save a lot of embarrassment if your pants happen to rip on stage. Ha, ha, ha. But in all seriousness, I believe the saying, a stitch in time saves nine, is a metaphor that means it's better to address a problem early on rather than waiting for it to become a bigger problem. So yes, in that sense, Taking care of something sooner rather than later can save a lot of time and effort in the long run. Okay, I'm going to call an audible real quick because we work with a really big budget here on the No Outlet podcast, and we recently received a huge grant, huge grant from the uh, University of New Hampshire to increase the production uh, value of our show and it was uh it's pretty clear now that those funds have been misappropriated because we don't have a good way to um represent the sound of an ai bot so i'm going to do away with that lovely piece of technology because i think that if i were trying to listen to that it wouldn't last very long here's what i can tell you all of these answers are 100% directly from the AI without any prompting. I just went in and asked a series of questions that I've asked other uh, non-AI folks on the show, and uh, these were the actual answers. So I'm just going to read them, 
and you can suspend your disbelief and just pretend that whatever an AI would sound like, that's what you're hearing because I'm not going to subject you to any more of that. Question number two, what are your thoughts about hummingbirds being the best pest, pets or not, not pests, the best pets? It's a good question. Uh, and the answer from ChatGPT, I have to admit that I don't have much experience in owning pets, let alone hummingbirds. However, I can see the appeal of having a pet hummingbird. They're fascinating creatures with their iridescent feathers and incredibly ad- incredible agility. But let's face it, hummingbirds are wild animals, and they belong in their natural habitats, not in cages. As a responsible pet owner, it's important to consider the welfare and needs of the animal. And I don't believe that keeping a hummingbird as a pet is a good idea. So, while I think hummingbirds are amazing creatures, I wouldn't recommend keeping them as pets. And see, here's part of the problem with AI is that they don't really have that hyper-focused sense of, uh, you know, sarcasm or innuendo or, you know, joking around. Obviously, when I ask that question, I'm never going, I'm a huge hummingbird fan. And I'm clearly, clearly never going to have a hummingbird in a cage, right? Um, And any human being that I've ever asked that question to, they automatically know that I'm not going to have a goddamn hummingbird in a cage. But ChatGPT is a literal language-based model and therefore cannot read through the complexity of that question. And while they give a good answer, it's kind of a you know shitty, boring answer at the same time. So uh, question number three, how important is it to add karaoke as an Olympic event? ChatGPT's answer was, I have to say that the idea of karaoke being an Olympic event is certainly amusing. However, when it comes to the actual importance of such an event, I don't think it ranks very high in the list of priorities for the Olympics. The Olympics is a platform for showcasing the world's best athletes and promoting unity through sports. While karaoke can certainly bring people together and provide entertainment, it's not a sport. And it doesn't require the same level of physical skill and training as other Olympic events. So while it might be fun to imagine karaoke as an Olympic event, I don't think it's something that would actually be pursued in reality. See, chat GPT is such a stick in the mud. This is the problem. It's going to take everything so literally. And, oh, by the way, I think that chat GPT has never seen some people do karaoke because when it says it doesn't require the same level of physical skill and training, I would beg to differ. It all depends on the sport you're talking about. If you're talking about somebody that is doing curling, okay, I'm going to say that there can be as much physical exertion and skill needed to do an A-plus bang-up job of Barry Manilow's Copacabana as there does to be a curler. But this is not my interview. This is ChatGPT. So next question. What's the best show on TV right now? The answer from our friend, that's a series of ones and zeros. I don't have a personal preference or opinion, but I can tell you what is considered the quote-unquote best show on TV is subjective and varies depending on personal taste. However, Some of the most critically acclaimed and popular TV shows airing include Succession, The Crown, 
Ted Lasso, The Handmaid's Tale, Stranger Things, Ozark, and Mayor of Easttown, to name a few. Ultimately, what makes a show the best is subjective and varies from person to person. But these are some of the shows that have received critical acclaim and buzz recently. I love all those shows. I've seen all those shows. And again, where humans have one up on an AI model is the ability to have an opinion. I think that's becoming clear. Question number five. How do you feel about the Jeep wave? Now, this, this, was, this was a question I was dying to ask our friend, Mr. AI. And the answer is, I have to admit that I find the idea of a specific wave for Jeep owners pretty amusing. But in all seriousness, I think the Jeep wave is a great example of a community-building gesture. Jeep owners often share a sense of camaraderie and adventure. (laughs) And the wave is a way of acknowledging and connecting with other Jeep owners on the road. It's a simple but effective way of building a sense of community and connection among people who share a common interest. So while it might seem silly to outsiders, for Jeep owners, the wave is a meaningful gesture that represents a shared passion and camaraderie. Okay, so first of all, I think they use the word camaraderie four times. So for a language-based model, look up the word repetitive and tell me what you find for a definition. The second thing is that uh, I have to take extreme exception to uh, Jeep owners often share a sense of camaraderie and adventure. Okay, let's be serious, folks. The more stuff that somebody has on, yes, I'm going to talk about the Jeep wave again. Here I go. The more stuff they have on the side of their Jeep showing how badass they are off-road, a winch, a fucking bolt-on ducky, a fucking roll bar, any of that shit, the more stuff that you see on someone's Jeep, the less they're actually using it the way that a Jeep could and should be used. Jeeps, specifically Wrangler Jeeps, because that's the only type that people can get waves on and wave from, they're owned by people that don't want to go off-roading. So ChatGPT missed the mark. Um, Next question, why do you think they outlawed lawn darts and not AR-15? Getting a little bit political here on the No Outlet podcast, but I figured since I'm asking an AI bot, what could go wrong? And the answer was, that's a pretty loaded question and very controversial. However, I'll do my best to address it. Firstly, it's important to note that lawn darts were outlawed due to safety concerns, specifically related to the potential for the darts to cause serious injury or even death. AR-15s, on the other hand, are a type of semi-automatic rifle that has been the subject of much debate and controversy in the United States due to their use in mass shootings. The reasons for not outlawing AR-15s are complex and multifaceted, and there are differing opinions on the matter. Some argue that they are protected under the Second Second Amendment. I'm still in Mexico in my brain, I apologize. To uh, while others believe that stricter gun control laws are needed to prevent gun violence. Ultimately, the decision to outlaw lawn darts and not AR-15s 
is a reflection of the different safety concerns and political considerations involved in each case. And that answer, folks, tells you that chat GPT has a future in politics. And that's the only comment I'm going to make. Question number seven, what are your thoughts on interdimensional beings living all around us? You know my feeling on this. They're everywhere. But ChatGPT said, the idea of interdimensional beings living among us is pretty out there. However, as an AI language model, I have to remain neutral and acknowledge that this is a topic that some people take very seriously. From a scientific perspective, there is certainly no concrete evidence to support the existence of interdimensional beings, but there are many theories and beliefs about the possibility of their existence. I might joke about the idea of interdimensional beings living among us, but ultimately, ultimately, I am so sorry. The tequila down in Mexico is really good, and turns out they have a lot of it. So you mix that with 85-degree straight sun for five days straight, and my brain is just a little bit not state-of-the-art right now. Uh, The idea of interdimensional beings living among us, but ultimately it's a topic that requires more scientific research and investigation before any definitive conclusions can be drawn. So, I mean, that's a logical answer, but again, the the downside of being an AI language model is you don't really have the ability to state a case based on your thought and your whim and your gut, and you can't pick a path. You have to say it's a one or a zero, it's a black or white, and that's uh, while that's good when it comes to writing copy or email subject lines or coming up with the best way to set up a pay-per-click ad campaign, it doesn't make for the best interview, turns out. Question number eight, uh, why do you think that one dentist out of five does not recommend sugar-free gum for their patients that chew gum? And the answer was, that's a pretty specific statistic. However, uh, I can speculate that the reason why a dentist might not recommend sugar-free gum for their patients who chew gum would be due to a variety of factors. It's possible that the dentist might have a different approach or philosophy when it comes to oral health and gum chewing. They might also have concerns about the ingredients in sugar-free gum or believe that it's not an effective at preventing tooth decay. Ultimately, the best course of action would be to ask the dentist directly for their reasoning behind their recommendation or lack thereof. One of the things that that ChatGPT gave there was actually is actually a pretty good answer, and that is the dentist might not like the ingredients in sugar-free gum, but the rest is just a straight-up cop-out. Question number nine, what are your thoughts on TikTok potentially being banned? TikTok has faced a, and this is the answer, of course, from our friend, Mr. Mr. AI. TikTok has faced a number of controversies and concerns related to privacy and security. Some countries, including India and Pakistan, have already banned TikTok over these concerns, while other countries have placed restrictions on the app or taken steps to address these issues. From a legal and policy perspective, decisions about whether or not to ban TikTok or other apps are made by governments and regulatory bodies based on various factors such as public safety, 
and national security concerns. However, it's important to acknowledge that such decisions can also have significant implications for users and the broader digital ecosystem, spoken like somebody who is coded in Silicon Valley. Question number 10, who is the most influential comedian of all time? See, and this is, again, if I asked a human being this question, they might have a hard time and at first play coy and be like, oh, gosh, that's so hard. But then they'd, they'd have a couple answers. So this is actually, you know, an area where I was kind of impressed with the answer. And the answer is comedy is a subjective art form. And the question of who the most influential comedian of all time is a matter of personal opinion. That said, there are many comedians who are widely regarded as pioneers and trailblazers in the industry, such as Charlie Chaplin, Richard Pryor, George Collin, Lucille Ball, and Joan Rivers, among others. Each of these comedians had a unique style and voice that resonated with audience, and they paved the way for future generations of comedians. Ultimately, the most influential comedian of all time will depend on who you ask and what criteria they use to measure influence. And that right there is the point. I was asking you, ChatGPT, I wanted your most influential. And ultimately, I think by the time that ChatGPT gets to number five or six, it will, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about. We talk about becoming conscious, becoming sentient. Isn't it the ability to say, that's my favorite X, that's my favorite band, my favorite food, my favorite whatever. Food's a tough one because you have to have taste buds, right? But um, author, you know, uh, this chat GPT has, uh, has the ability to go scour every book that's ever been written. Um, will it, when it gets to chat GPT five or six or seven, be able to say, and the best writer was Shakespeare, the best writer was Hemingway? We're all going to find out. Um, Question number 11, can improv comedy save the world? And the answer was, that's a pretty lofty goal for improv comedy. Uh, Yes, yes, that's true. Uh, However, as an AI language model, I hate the way it's constantly qualifying itself, if I might just make a quick comment. I know you're an AI language model. You don't have to say it every time. But again, that's the non-human part of this, right? Although some humans are that dumb. Uh, I can tell you that comedy in general has the power to bring people together, build connections, and provide a sense of joy and relief in difficult times. Improv comedy, in particular, is a unique form of comedy that relies on spontaneity and collaboration. And it can be a great tool for breaking down barriers and fostering communication and understanding. Improv comedy can also be used to address serious issues or spark important conversations in a lighthearted and approachable way. While it might not be uh, single-handedly save the world, improv comedy has the potential to make a positive impact and create positive change in individuals' lives and communities. Go chat GPT. Best answer so far. Question number 12. What's the most annoying driving habit? Oh my God, I am so sorry. I really am. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I've been pushing it for sleep. I usually get, you know, six to eight hours of sleep and it has not been that much. It just hasn't. 
So I apologize. My battery meter is toward the, you know, um, it's under 10%, but I'm doing my best here. Um, and here's the answer. Uh, there are many annoying driving habits. And what might be annoying to one person might not bother someone else. That being said, some of the most common annoying driving habits include tailgating, failing to use turn signals, cutting people off, driving too slowly in the left lane, and distracting driving such as texting while driving. These behaviors can be frustrating and even dangerous for other drivers on the road. The best way to avoid annoying driving habits is to be aware of your own driving behavior and make an effort to be courteous and considerate to others on the road. Another great answer, if I'm being honest, and actually every single thing that he or she, oh, here we go. So is this a they? Maybe it's a they. I'm going to say they. Um, It? I'm going to go with it because fuck their feelings, right? It. This is an AI bot. I can call it it and it's okay. Um, It said all the same answers that I've received from normal everyday humans. Uh, so I have to say the accuracy is right there. And at the end of the day, the message of consideration and courteousness, always, always a plus. So another good answer, not doing too bad. Now we get some, we get back to back Brady Bunch questions, back to back. Question 13, what's the best episode of Brady Bunch? I don't have a personal opinion, but I can provide some information about the Brady Bunch TV show. The Brady Bunch was a popular sitcom that aired from 1969 to 1974 and followed the daily life of the Brady family. The show has become a cultural icon and has a dedicated fan base with so many episodes to choose from. It's difficult to single one best episode. However, some of the most popular and memorable episodes include Brace Yourself, a very Brady Christmas, and the harebrained scheme. Ultimately, the best episode of the Brady Bunch will depend on personal preference and individual viewing experiences. Okay, so I got to tell you, he really, it really missed the mark on this. A very Brady Christmas is absolutely 100% not one of the best episodes. And the harebrained scheme, I believe was the very last episode ever shown when Greg tried to dye his hair and it came out orange. And they literally, they got to 100 episodes and this was like mid-season and they just stopped the show because they got to enough for syndication. Um, so also not the best episode. I, gotta, I don't know what Brace Yourself is, but I'm not sure that uh, ChatGPT understands the true genius of Brady Bunch. Question number 14, was the demise of the Brady Bunch the fault of Cousin Oliver? Everyone knows Cousin Oliver. Um, And the answer was, I cannot assign blame or fault for the demise of the Brady Bunch to any one character. Cousin Oliver was a character that was introduced in the final season of the show as a way to add new life to the series. But the show was ultimately canceled due to declining ratings and changing viewer preferences. While Cousin Oliver has become a popular cultural reference and is sometimes blamed for the show's decline, it is important to remember that many factors contribute to the success or failure of a TV show. And no one character or person can be held solely responsible for its fate. 
There's a chat GPT sticking up for old Oliver. Uh, and I have to say, I agree with that. I think that the, the fate of that show was decided well before that John Denver lookalike ever poked his little blonde cherub face on the show. It did not help, but I don't think he was the reason why. Uh, we're up to question 15. Question 15, how important is the health of honeybees to sustainable life on planet Earth? And the answer from chat GPT was the health of honeybees is incredibly important to sustainable life on planet Earth. Honeybees are critical pollinators playing a virtual, a virtual, no, not a virtual, God damn it, playing a vital role in the growth of crops and the production of food, both important. In fact, it is estimated that about one third of the food we eat is dependent on honeybee pollination. Without honeybees, we would lose a significant portion of our food supply and face serious food shortages. Additionally, honeybees help to maintain the biodiversity of plant and animal species, which is essential to the health of ecosystems worldwide. Sadly, honeybees are currently facing a number of threats, including habitat loss, pesticide use, climate change, and disease, among others. It is important that we take steps to protect and preserve honeybee population to ensure the health and sustainability of our planet for future generations. Until the machines take over. Um, No, but in all seriousness, that's the right answer. Of course, they're super important. And um, anybody out there with a beehive in the backyard, I know a few of you have them. Thank you. Uh, I myself uh, don't have a beehive, but I'm, I always buy local honey. Uh, fun fact, if you buy local honey, it's the same thing as uh, it helps you to get ready for pollen season because if your body is used to the local pollen that's in your area and you put it in your body, then when the actual pollen comes out, you should not get affected as much in theory. Question 16. Should comics who write their own jokes be held in a higher regard than those who have somebody else write jokes for them? The answer is uh, diplomatic. The approach to writing jokes can vary widely among comedians. And what matters most is the ability to connect with an audience and make them laugh. Some comedians prefer to write down their material and take pride in the creative process, while others may work with a team of writers to develop their jokes and routines. Ultimately, what matters most is the quality of the comedy and the ability of the comedian to connect with their audience. Whether a comedian writes down their own material or works with others, it is important that they are authentic, original, and able to bring their own unique perspective to their work. So true. And, you know... In all seriousness, there are comedians out there that I know write most of their own stuff, like Jerry Seinfeld pretty much writes all of his own stuff. Um, But then there are other comedians that have a lot of help writing jokes, but it is more collaborative. And um, at the end of the day, some people are better at writing jokes than telling jokes. And then there are some people that have a tremendous delivery, um, but maybe aren't the best at writing jokes. So what's the harm? In uh, It's like wonder twin powers activate, right? Form of an eagle, shape of an ice, an ice bucket, right? Wasn't, 
it always seemed like the dumbest things when they would do their wonder twin powers. It was never anything that was really badass or cool. It was always two stupid things that never really did much good outside of that one particular situation. Uh, but in this case, the comedic wonder twin powers makes sense. Question 17, what's the most aggressive sounding language? All languages have their own unique sounds, rhythms, and intonations. Intonations, that's a tough one. With or without tequila brain, intonations that reflect their cultural heritage and history. Some languages may sound more forceful or assertive than others based on their phonetics. But this does not necessarily reflect the attitudes or behaviors of the people who speak that language. It's important to recognize and appreciate the diversity of languages and cultures around the world and to avoid perpetuating harmful stereotypes or biases. And while that's true, it's really hard to say that when you watch Hitler give a speech in early World War II or late World War I, that doesn't sound like a different type of thing going on there. It is hard consonants um, spoken by a devious person. So maybe, maybe the, again, language coupled with the delivery, but it's hard. You can't, I can't imagine German sounding soft. Like when I hear some Italian, when I hear some French, when I hear some uh, Spanish, for sure, it sounds beautiful. It sounds soft. It's almost like poetry. And yet Russian German um, never sounds like poetry. It never sounds like anything other than someone's about to murder you. Um, okay. Uh, question number 18. And that's, by the way, I'm, I'm just joking. So anybody out there who is Russian or German, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, question number 18. What are your thoughts on sarcasm? Sarcasm is a type of humor that involves saying something opposite to what you actually mean. I feel like this is somebody explaining to Borat, this coat is not black. This is like that guy trying to teach him a a not joke. I'm going to start from the beginning. Sarcasm is a type of humor that involves saying something opposite to what you actually mean, often with an ironic or mocking tone. It can be used to express criticism, humor, or frustration, among other emotions. While sarcasm can be a powerful tool for communication and humor, it can also be misinterpreted and can cause confusion or hurt feelings. Therefore, it is important to use sarcasm judiciously and to consider the context and the audience before employing it. Additionally, it is important to be aware that not all cultures or individuals may understand or appreciate sarcasm in the same way and that it may not be always appropriate or effective in all situations. Now, that's all true. But I'm telling you right now, and this has come up as a topic on the show before, somewhere in a lab, somewhere in this country, probably in California, somebody is trying to make an AI uh, entity, maybe the next version of ChatGPT, have the ability to recognize sarcasm and to state with a sarcastic tone an answer. That's definitely happening because the whole idea here is they want they want AI interfacing with humans to be as close to a human-to-human conversation as you can possibly get. That is the goal. 
Um, that's one, I shouldn't say that's the goal. That's one of the goals. And the reality is that some people use sarcasm to communicate. Now, again, knowing when to pull back, knowing when to do it, knowing the situational um, you know, guideposts, if you will, and knowing when to, to throw out sarcasm, that's something that's learned. <laughs> I mean, some people never... Some people never learn, but the people that do learn, learn over many, many years of trial and error, like saying the wrong things for years and figuring out, oh shit, uh, here we go. This situation, one, two, three, four, uh, maybe no sarcasm this time, right? Question number 19, what, and here's, I'm sorry, one more thing on that. The scariest part is that once you get to a place where, see the thing with uh, an AI bot is it can run through situations in infinity. So you could have a situation where you program an AI bot to have a conversation with a person or another AI bot millions of times in a row so that they learn what happens. So eventually, we're not too far away from this, eventually there will be an AI bot that's capable of sarcasm and not only sarcasm, but sarcasm placed perfectly so that nobody takes it the wrong way. It's going to happen. Question 19. What would be more beneficial to the human race, getting rid of alcohol or getting rid of coffee? And this is the answer from our friend. Both alcohol and coffee have been a part of human culture and society for centuries, and they have each got their own unique effects on the body and mind. While excessive alcohol consumption can lead to a range of negative health and social consequences, Moderate alcohol consumption can have some health benefits. That's interesting, ChatGPT, such as reducing the risk of heart disease. Really? Okay. Similar, similarly, <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. Similarly, while caffeine in coffee can have some positive effects, such as improving cognitive function and alertness, excessive caffeine consumption can lead to negative side effects, such as anxiety and sleep disturbances. It is up to individuals and society as a whole to make informed choices about the use of these substances based on their personal values, health considerations, and social norms. Again, a cop-out. So sometimes when they cop out, the cop-out, it works. Um, and then sometimes when they cop-out, it's like, come on, dude, just pick a side, right? Are you a Red Sox fan or a Yankees fan? If I asked ChatGPT if they were a Red Sox fan or a Yankees fan, I'd get some shitty-ass answer. Well, it's one of the longest, you know, rivalries in sports. And, and Yankees dominated for many years. And then the Red Sox came back. So it's ultimately up to where, what region you live in and what you blah, blah, blah. Just pick a side. And that also is going to be something that someone's working on in a lab someplace is to be able to pick a path. This is my opinion. AI bots are going to have to have opinions. There's going to be an AI bot with an opinion for everybody. It's going to happen. Last question. Yes. Reason to cheer. Last question. Um, what is the meaning of life? Tell us, oh wise one, tell us, tell us the, tell us the meaning of life, ChatGPT, because it's probably the most asked question on the face of the planet, right? And this is the answer I got from the, the most, the quickest, uh, the app with the quickest growth ever 
on the face of the planet gave this as the answer. The meaning of life is a philosophical question that has been debated for centuries and has no single definitive answer. Different individuals and cultures may have their own beliefs and interpretations about the purpose and meaning of life. Some people believe that the meaning of life is to seek happiness, fulfillment, or spiritual enlightenment, while others may see it as a quest for knowledge, creativity, or personal growth. Some may see the meaning of life as responsibility to help others to make a positive impact on the world or to leave a lasting legacy. Ultimately, the meaning of life may be a deeply personal and subjective experience shaped by one's individual beliefs, values, and life experiences. And again, true, but ultimately a cop-out. And I think that um, even though that was a cop-out, I think that they nailed a couple of big ones. And, and while nobody really knows the meaning of life, I think one thing that we can all agree on is that if you try to do good things and you try to help and you're trying to be a positive force as much as you possibly can and you try to respect other people and, and spread love and spread gratitude, it's not a bad thing. I'm not sure if I'd go so far as to call it the meaning of life, but it certainly makes life a lot easier for sure. Um, so that was my interview with chat GPT. I've got to say, I uh, really enjoy interviewing people better than a language based AI model that won't stop telling me that's what it is. But at the same time, this is a glimpse into what we are going to see next. This is, uh, the Wright brothers at Kitty Hawk, um, which wasn't that long ago, right? About a hundred years ago, fast forward a hundred years and, you know, you can take a one-way 17-hour flight from Boston to, you know, China or Australia or anywhere you'd like to go. We've got a space station that is orbiting around the globe 100 years after Kitty Hawk. So knowing that everything exponentially speeds up in terms of technology and growth and knowing that AI is a uh, platform that the learning is even more acceler accelerated and accentuated. Um, where are we going to be in a year, in two years, in five years? Um, it can be a little bit daunting to start thinking about that, but although this might be the version of an interview with ChatGPT now, um, I will probably revisit this concept in six months, 12 months, when they come out with a new version, and maybe ask the same questions. And if the answers are strikingly similar, I won't do anything with it. But if there are changes in the way in the inflection of the answers and we start to see a little bit more opinions and we start to see a little bit more humor and a little bit less dryness, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm talking to a really shitty version of Spock. You know what I mean? Like that's what this is. But again, that's okay. That's just part of the evolution. Like if you were to look at that, that um, you know, the picture of where it starts with something crawling on the ground, the next thing you know, it's a an ape kind of hunched over, and the next thing you know, it's a Homo sapien. Well, you know, we're looking at the somewhat off the ground version of of AI, and um, pretty soon we're going to be staring in the face of the Homo sapien uh, Homo sapien version of AI, and that might be scary for some people. We're going to find out. I'm not scared yet. I'm not saying I don't have any 
you know, uh, concerns, but I'm not scared yet. Um, but I reserve the right to change that opinion. Uh, anyway, folks, I hope that you have an amazing, usually this time of the, uh, interview or 20 questions, I would tell the guest how my audience is so excited to have listened to them and they're doing the wave and everything's so great. And I would press the, the button. I would say, thank you for being on the show. One benefit to having chat GPT as a guest is I don't have to worry about any of that. It's just over. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Sam Altman and OpenAI for creating chat GPT so I could have this wonderful conversation. And I hope you all have an amazing night, morning, afternoon, whatever time it is that you're listening to this. I hope it's a good one. Thanks. And we'll talk to you next week.